0: You're listening to a podcast from Catalyst Vineyard Church, Aberdeen. You can find out more about our church as well as more talks on our website, catalyst.fin. Hi there, good morning. My name is Alexander Fenter and um, I'm really honoured and privileged to share God's word with you today at your service at uh, um, Aberdeen although I'm not there. <laughs> the video brings me there. Um, but I'm aware through the invitation of Chuck, which I really do appreciate. Thank you, Chuck and team, for inviting me to, to share that you have satellite congregations and a number of, of uh, congregations will be watching this. I've been invited to speak on the power of the Holy Spirit um, in the context of the series that Chuck's been doing and the team there on, uh, through the book of Acts. Uh, so let me just honor God's presence. And then I wanna share with you some thoughts from Luke and Acts. Basically Luke's uh, theology and praxis of the power of the Holy Spirit through Luke and Acts. But let's just uh, honor Jesus's presence here between you and me and in every location where this is heard. Jesus, King Jesus, (laughs) head of your church, king of your kingdom, we honor you, we worship you, we acknowledge your presence and your power by your Holy Spirit among us. And we just invite you, Jesus, by your spirit to work deeply, profoundly powerfully as I share your word with your people in Scotland. Lord, thank you for this opportunity. I'm trusting you both for what I say that it comes from you and for what I don't say and leave out that actually it's not important in this moment. Lord, we're trusting you in this encounter of your spirit through the word to do your works of the kingdom in our lives in the name of Jesus. Amen. So Luke has a very interesting theology of the Holy Spirit. Um, We're using this word theology, he would not have used that word per se, but in terms of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels, Luke has a particular emphasis on the Spirit and power and pray. The devotional internal life of Jesus of pray that Luke attributes as the source of his power by the, the indwelling anointing of the Spirit to bring the kingdom, announce the kingdom, and minister the kingdom. So in our classic terms as vineyard, Jesus spoke the words of the kingdom, that the works of the kingdom, which were the wonders of the kingdom, by the power of the Holy Spirit, out of his relationship of intimacy with the Father through his prayer life, which Luke highlights the most in terms of the, his frequent references. But Luke has, a, again, a further uniqueness compared to the other Gospels, is that his theology of the Spirit is drawn more directly from the Old Testament as power, the empowering after the call of God. So in the Old Testament, you have the passage of the angel of the Lord appears and calls people, calling Samson as an example. And then, and then of course, um, the anointing that comes to do the mighty acts of God. Uh, the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament is associated with cleansing, sanctification, regeneration, as in Psalm 51 and um, Ezekiel chapter 37. Or, or rather chapter 36 as well, the new covenant. But Paul and John seem to emphasize the Spirit's work more in terms of regeneration. And Paul uses the word baptism of the Spirit more in terms of regeneration and joining into the body of Christ. But Luke clearly speaks of a second subsequent experience of the Spirit after regeneration. So we receive the Spirit when we are born again but we're also empowered by the Spirit in a subsequent baptism of the Spirit. So having given that introduction, one further point, and then I'm going to get into the text, <laughs> because I, what's on my heart is to share with you the power of the Holy Spirit as of the prophetic community of the King, to, to announce and bring the kingdom through signs and wonders. So it's not about being individual prophets, but it's about the prophetic community that that Jesus births. So the, the, the third point of introduction in terms of Luke, that is unique to Luke compared to all the other New Testament writers, is that he frames his one book, which is in two parts. Luke, the story of Jesus, and Acts, the story of the impact of Jesus through the the acts of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus through the acts of the apostles. Um, and he, uh, we know he, when he says, I write to you, O Theophilus, um, that actually he wrote it in two parts. So we should join the books and read them as one book in two parts. And what Luke does is he frames the story of Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit, but with particular reference to Elijah and Elisha. So Craig Keener is the New Testament scholar that has brought this out, and um, it's actually, for me, very enlightening the way Luke has written this. So when we start off um, in Luke's gospel, the ministry of Jesus, chapter 4, verse 18, clearly when he goes into the synagogue having been baptized in water, anointed with the Holy Spirit, with the fatherly affirmation of love driven out by the Spirit in power to the desert to be confronted by Satan, defeating his temptations, then returning in the power of the Spirit. Luke loves this word power, dynamis. The English w- word from the Greek word dynamus, which is power, is actually dynamite. <laughs> he loves spiritual dynamite. When the Spirit of God comes upon us, sheer spiritual force that enables us to do what God wants us to do to extend His kingdom. So Jesus returns from the wilderness in the power of the Spirit, and He goes into the synagogue, and then He stands up, and the scroll is handed to Him. And Jesus turns to Isaiah chapter 61 and reads it and takes that as the kind of mandate his kingdom ministry, where he, he quotes Isaiah, he reads Isaiah, he says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to open the eyes of the blind, to set the prisoners free, to announce God's year of mercy, of favor, And significantly, I mean, to me, those words are so powerful and so beautiful. Jesus's mandate is our mandate. But significantly, and the the, uh, Luke commentators do refer to this by saying that he stops at the phrase, the year of God's favor. He does not go further into the next phrase, and the vengeance of our God, and then unfolds the judgment of of punishment. Jesus turned down the option of violence that the zealots and the nationalists offered to overthrow the Romans and establish the kingdom by force. He announced the Jubilee, (laughs) the year of freedom, the year of mercy and grace, the day of salvation has arrived. And Jesus will come again and will physically uh, enforce the defeat of all evil um, and set up his kingdom on earth. But just to say, that mandate that Jesus took for himself reveals Jesus as the prophet that was to come, the one anointed with the Holy Spirit. So when in Hebrew understanding the anointing of the Spirit is for prophecy, to be to do prophetic ministry and enact the works of God in the Old Testament. Prophet after prophet after prophet was anointed by the Spirit. And Luke presents Jesus as Elijah, the prophet. Because in this text in Luke 4, Jesus then rolls up the scroll, sits down the eyes of everyone's upon him, and he says, "'Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing.' And they spoke well of him and were amazed at his gracious words." And then Jesus said a significant thing. And this is what Luke uh, records from Jesus. Surely you'll quote this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. Do here in your own hometown in Nazareth, what we've heard that you did in Capernaum and, and other places. But then Jesus says, I tell you the truth, no prophet, because he's just referred to the anointing of the Spirit with power to do the works of the kingdom. No prophet is accepted in his own own hometown. Then he interestingly refers to Elijah. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time. And when the sky was shut for three and a half years, Jesus's ministry was for three and a half years. And Jesus is introducing this um, And there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to the widow of Zarephath in the region of Sidon. In other words, when the Spirit comes and offers salvation, it is to all, but the Spirit leads the prophet to the specific ones who are ready and open, the remnant of Israel, who are are, are, uh, open to receive what God offers. And then he refers to Elisha significantly, verse 26. Yet Elisha was not sent to any of them. Um, Sorry, uh, I'm reading verse 26 again, 27. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha, the prophet. And he mentions the prophet again, the one anointed with the spirit. Yet none of them were cleansed, only Naaman, the Syrian. And so Luke introduces Jesus' ministry right at the beginning as the one anointed with the Spirit, the prophet who is to come, the Elijah. And the Elisha from the Old Testament story. (laughs) Israel, even in rabbinical Judaism today, they regard Elijah as the greatest prophet. Obviously, Moses was also a prophet but he was more than a prophet in terms of being the mediator of the Old Covenant. Be that as it may, Elisha was the understudy to Elijah. (laughs) And Elisha was part of the school of prophets. And Elisha received the mantle from Elijah. So the way Luke unfolds the story of Jesus in the gospel, he portrays Jesus as a man of the Spirit, a man of prayer, who moves in the precision of the Holy Spirit. So as an example, in Luke chapter, um, and I've got my notes here just to make sure I'm on track, Luke chapter 5 verse 17, it says that one day on the Sabbath, there was a man with a withered hand and the power of the Lord was present to heal. The word dynamis, which refers to the power of the Spirit. Jesus became aware of the power of the Spirit being present to heal and acted on that prophetic prompting of the Spirit and told the man to come and stretch out his hand and he was healed and it caused great consternation. <laughs> but then in Acts, in Luke chapter 9 verse 1, Jesus calls the twelve and he gives them authority and power over sicknesses and all demons. Only Luke joins authority and power um, in, if you compare with, with Mark and with Matthew and he sends them out. So this is the Elisha receiving the anointing and the authority and power of the Elijah and being sent out to do the works of the kingdom. Only Luke has another chapter 10 where the 72 are equally given authority and power and are sent out. That's a further increase of the school of prophets, the Elisha, to do the works of the kingdom. And when they come back, they rejoice and are amazed and they say, even the demons are subject to us. And he said, well, you know, rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And then he says, but what I have given you, the authority is the authority over all the power, the dynamus of evil, of Satan and his angels, his messengers, his works, his kingdom. And so here is the authority of the king that defeats the power of evil. And Jesus follows that up in Luke 11 by talking about, and he's unique to Luke, he says, if I by the, the finger of God drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. And in, in terms of Matthew, the parallel scripture, he says, if I by the spirit of God drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So Luke basically directly is referring to the finger of God from the book of Exodus, that when Moses did all the miracles, the 10, the ten miracles to deliver Israel out of Egypt, uh, the Pharaoh was so confounded when he called the magicians. The magician's conclusion was he's doing this by the finger of God. And the finger of God is repeated a few times in the book of Exodus, which, which is, in, in that context, a synonym to say by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the New Testament, it is the pinpoint precision of God by the power of the Spirit to touch that person and that person who is open and ready to receive, as opposed to that person who, will, who already will reject the kingdom. And that's why Jesus taught them when he sent out the 12 and the 72 in the mission of the kingdom, go to the people of peace. Those who are ready to receive you. If they don't receive you, shake the dust off your feet and leave leave them in their chaos until they come to a deeper place of desperation where they are open to receive God's mercy, his year of mercy. Then the power of the Spirit will activate to reach them. So the finger of God is unique to Luke. And then Luke ends up, I'm just giving a summary in Acts chapter 10, where Peter is in the house of Cornelius. And this summary of Peter is actually Luke's summary of Jesus, where he, he says, Acts chapter 10, verse 38. And for me, it's like almost an epitaph. Uh, on the grave of Jesus that is no longer there the stone's rolled away and he's alive but this is what he, he this is Peter's summary of the life of Jesus and for me it's beautiful he says we know how how Jesus how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the holy spirit and power dynamis and he went around doing good and healing all of those who were under the power of the evil one The dynamis of the evil one, it's power against power and the superior power of the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of God in bringing the kingdom, defeats Satan and his kingdom of darkness and all his demons and all his works of evil and chaos and brokenness in people's lives and on planet earth, as is sadly happening at this moment in the Ukraine with This Russian invasion of the Ukraine. How evil and painful is that as the devil rubs his hands in glee at the harvest of blood that's coming his way while Jesus weeps. I'm going on to another subject. But Luke ends up framing the ministry of Jesus significantly in Luke chapter 24, by connoting the ascension of Elijah into heaven with the Elisha receiving the mantle. And he clearly the way he describes it in Luke chapter 24, that when Jesus had given the last his commission after his resurrection to his disciples, then Luke says when Jesus had lifted, had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany. He lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken into the heavens. And that is exactly, it clearly connotes the story of Elisha, Elijah being taken up. And Because Elisha said, Elijah, I want a double portion of your spirit. And Elisha said, if you see me being taken up into the heavens, then the mantle will come upon you, the blessing will come upon you. And then uh, Luke picks that up in Acts chapter 1 and repeats the story in slightly different terminology. So in Acts chapter 1, and I'm going to bring this into land with its specific application to the power in the prophetic community to do the works of the kingdom. So Acts chapter one, the second part of his one book, Luke basically writes and speaks. He says, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the promise because you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And he's using this word baptized differently to Paul. He's He's referring to the coming of the power of the Holy Spirit for kingdom ministry, as in the Old Testament prophets. You will become a prophetic community filled with the power of the Spirit to do what I've been doing the way I've been doing it. That's what Jesus said. And his apostles misunderstood him and they said, Lord, is it at this time that you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Basically set up your kingdom in Jerusalem now and throw out the Romans, etc. Um, and he said, no, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons that the Father has in his own hands, the dates of that Particular event. But rather, you will receive dynamis, power, when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And Jesus is speaking of Pentecost, that 10 days after his ascension into heaven, the Spirit was poured out in great power at Pentecost. You will receive power when the Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. And you, both here in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And then after Jesus said this, He was taken up before their very eyes. He picks up the end of Luke as they were watching them. He was lifted up into heaven. In in Luke 24, it says his hands were held up and he was blessing them. And he was taken up out of their sight in a cloud. The cloud is the same as on the Mount of Transfiguration, that when Jesus was praying. According to Luke chapter 9, Luke's version is interesting. He went up the mountain Mount Tabor as he was praying he was transfigured and he became full of light above the brightness of the sun and then a cloud covered them. and then a voice was spoken this is my son my beloved listen to him in other words don't listen to Elijah anymore Or Moses, because the Messiah Jesus fulfills the law and the prophets, is the embodiment of them. And he is the king. He is the fulfillment of all the law, all the prophets. And you have become the prophetic community who will be transfigured by Taboric light, by the coming of the power of the Spirit to do what Jesus did the way he did it. That is what is being said there. So to end up this talk of the power of the Holy Spirit according to Luke Jesus is the prophet he is the Elijah his followers are the Elisha who receive his mantle of power and anointing of the spirit and the 12 the 72 the 120 in the upper room at pentecost which is described in the book of acts but it has three applications that I want to summarize. It has more applications, more practical implications and praxis now than the three that I just want to highlight. But I just want to draw attention to three. And because of my my methodological mind, it comes systematically out of the text. So the first one is when Jesus says in Acts 1, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will become a prophetic community, which happened at Pentecost. To be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. The word witness is very powerful. It's not just to preach the gospel, to gossip the gospel wherever we are from Monday to Friday in the workplace, in in the shopping mall. And we really do need to regain this joy, literally the exhilaration of gossiping the gospel wherever we go and offering to pray for people for whatever issues they may have in life and see the kingdom come with power. Because God works more out on the street and in the marketplace and in the office than in church. So witness is the Greek word maturia, which means a martyr. So just know the Holy Spirit's power to be a prophetic people enables us to die ourselves, so the orthodox church eastern orthodox has a theology of white martyrdom white witness and red witness and the red witness is that god gives the gift of physical martyrdom to some who will physically die in the name of jesus as witness to his kingdom and the spirit's power it's a charisma to receive red martyrdom to die physically as a witness for jesus but they taught white martyrdom we learn to die daily to our own kingship, our own agenda, our own stuff, whereby we crown Jesus as king and we die to our low nature, die to ourself and we live into the kingdom daily by being witnesses to Jesus in all of life. That daily death, of white martyrdom, being a witness to Jesus in all aspects of life, will enable me, if God gives me the gift, to do undergo red martyrdom when it is required. So to be a witness of Jesus, to actually evangelize, is to die to self, your own self-awareness, your own pride, your own this, your own that. Secondly, the power of the coming of the Spirit is not only given to witness, but to cross barriers, all barriers in society, from Jerusalem to Judea, to Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And significantly, when the Spirit came at Pentecost and Peter stood up and ex- explained what had happened, he quotes Joel chapter 2.28. He says, this has now happened literally before your eyes, that in these last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Immediately, that's the younger generation. And that's the crossing of the gender barrier. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. That's the generational barrier. This is a typical Hebraic parallelism. That visions are dreams and dreams are vision. Old and young will be the, in the prophetic community, male and female. You are on my servants, both men and women, the economic class barrier, rich and poor, black and white, Scottish and English, Welsh and Irish, <laughs> Russian and Ukrainian in the local churches, ethnic Russians and ethnic Ukrainians in their local churches in Ukraine right now have a crisis of choice to submit to the kingship of Jesus and reject the, the kingship of Putin and basically side with justice and King Jesus and prophesy to both sides of the power dynamic in that deeply painful crisis that not only Ukraine has been plunged into, but Europe and it will have world implications for all of us by that power man, Putin, may god hold him accountable and judge him and discipline him and restrain what is happening there for mercy's sake so the barriers are crossed dear friends aberdeen vineyard you are god's prophetic elisha school of prophets who've received the double portion of our heavenly King, Elijah, who sits at the right hand of the Father and keeps pouring out His Spirit in greater and greater power to cross all barriers in society. Anywhere there is a division, a divide, a barrier, ideological, sociological, economic, political, racial, cultural, whatever gender, we cross it to bring the power of the kingdom, to reconcile it, to make the one new nation, which is the people of Jesus. And lastly, let me say, the power of the Holy Spirit is for supernatural gifts to advance the kingdom. Because when at Pentecost, the way Luke describes it is very interesting. And I have a a minute to bring this to a close. So in Acts chapter 2, verse 3, when they were waiting and praying, again, the early church prayed for nine days like Jesus prayed in the gospel. Jesus was a man of prayer in Luke's gospel. The early church is a church of prayer. That is actually this, the, the, the power of the Spirit. And it says that they, um, while they were praying, a, a, a sound of a violent wind filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and rested on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Here is a simple principle. They were all filled or baptized, anointed with the Spirit. That's the passive tense in the Greek. That's what God does. And they began to speak in other tongues. That's the active tense in the Greek. They responded to the empowering of the Spirit by speaking in tongues that they had not learned supernaturally, as the Spirit prompted them or enabled them, that lapses back into the passive tense in the Greek. So here is the divine dance. The Spirit empowers us. We respond by literally walking on water. As the Spirit prompts and enables us, the divine and the human and the divine, Speaking in tongues here is Luke's simple principle which recurs in the book of Acts, that beyond our rational understanding, because he that prays in tongues, prays directly from the Holy Spirit, which bypasses human rationality. It's the principle of yield your faculties to God, Even the faculty that ultimately is unattainable, according to James chapter 3, the tongue cannot be tamed. But by the principle of speaking in tongues, God tames the tongue to speak the most heavenly language and transcends the mind so that the flow is directly from the Holy Spirit. So speaking in tongues is a principle of supernatural empowering gifts of prophecy, Gifts of revelation, gifts of words of knowledge, gifts of wisdom, gifts of healing, gifts of faith, gifts of working of miracles, gifts of discerning of spirits. All the charismata of the Holy Spirit come in the baptism and the infilling, the anointing of the Spirit and can flow through us with real precision and power to the extent we surrender our faculties to the Holy Spirit even transcending our rational understanding and human explanation, we begin to walk on water and the kingdom comes. My brothers and my sisters, it's been a real joy and honor to be with you. And I've overgone my time. I see by two minutes. (laughs) Chuck, forgive me. But let me pray for you. Oh, Jesus, head of your church. What a joy to be with your people, even via video in this way. Holy Spirit, you are present. I bless each one of my brothers and sisters who hears this presentation. Receive the Holy Spirit right now. Wherever you are, hold your hands out. I bless you as Jesus blessed his followers as he ascended into heaven. He lifted his hands and he blessed them with the Spirit of God. He said, receive my mantle a double portion of my mantle and all the power that it makes available to you. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Be healed. Prophesy. Go wreak havoc in the kingdom of Satan. Drive out demons. Go gossip the gospel of the kingdom and do the works of the King. In the name of Jesus, I commission you with the power of the Spirit. Amen. Thank you. God bless you guys. Bye.